in Mike. It's so quick though. We have to yell sports. I forgot we'll about take football that. out. Okay. Okay. We're st- hey, hello everybody. Podcast has started, but go ahead Mike, do it again. This is a podcast called 25 whistles talking sports. Hold on, hold on. That sucked. Yeah. Should we pull it <laughs> should we pull it down and do a note like we're talking then pull it all the way down we go sports so that you can hear us. I like that. Let's try that way Mike, go ahead. Okay. This is a podcast called 25 Whistles Talking Sports. 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 Hold on. on. And Coleman's on Zoom, so that was delayed. Coleman. So the whole thing. No. Yeah, it's the whole thing's delayed. Mike, just go with basketball on this one until we figure it out. It was like we all went sports, and that was already weird. (laughs) And then you're going to come and go, sports. (laughs) Okay, do basketball. All right, welcome to episode 44 of 25 Whistles. Let me go ahead and blow us in here. Uh, hello, everybody. Let's do the warm-up around the room real quick. Uh, what's your uh, lock screen on your phone? That's a good way. And Coleman's part of the show, so we'll get to know him as well. But, Eddie, you're first. What's your lock screen on your phone? Like the picture that's up there? I mean, it's... Well, yeah, when you lock your screen. It time. just comes with it. It's like whatever, default. You don't put anything on it? No, no, no. It's like, um, look, it's just red bubbles or something. That's Why it. Why have you done nothing? You didn't, you could have put like you a pebble. You could put your wife. No, I mean I don't I don't want that on my phone. Nothing. No, it's just my phone. Like this isn't like you know my wall. It's my phone. It's just it's just what I look at all day. But that's it. That's no, you guys have things on them. Well, that's why we're doing this segment here. That's crazy. No, mine just came with the phone. Kevin, mine is Kirka National Park in Croatia. When I went and visited years ago, about four or five years ago. Oh, and it's an awesome picture. See, and it reminds him probably of a cool time in his life. Exactly. Okay. But don't you have a girlfriend? Yeah. You, you do or don't anymore? Yeah, no, I do. I do, yeah. You ain't there yet? No, no. We're, we're, we're still, background is still Croatia. Not us. <laughs> Not, okay. Yes. <laughs> okay, Mike? Wedding photo, us leaving the wedding. wedding. Okay. Uh, what about you, Coleman? What's the background on your phone, your lock screen? Eddie, mine would have been the exact same as yours. I just would have kept it, you know, what Apple gave me. But my wife was like, what? Your lock screen isn't me. So I had look. to switch it to her. <laughs> wow. Yeah. You guys have all of your yeah, mine's my wife. important things. It's just my wife. It's not even me. I don't even want me in it. Yeah. Because I don't want to look at me. I hate me. So I don't want to see. So it's just her. <laughs> I did see a picture because I guess maybe it's Valentine's Day. Cole, when you posted a picture, your wife, she's, she's way prettier than you are. Very much so. It's not even close. And I was thinking when I was looking at a picture of her, I was like, yeah, he had to score 29 at night. Because his post was, I met her, I just dropped 29 and then met her after the game or something like that. And Living I, life And I kind of laughed out loud. I was like, yeah, you got to put up near 30 to get somebody way hotter than you. <laughs> Absolutely. How did got you, impressed somehow. How'd you meet her? Um, so actually, it was the night before. We had played our uh, rival, Hilldale. Muskogee, that's where she went, oftentimes goes and supports Hildell. One of my buddies actually dropped 24, got the confidence to text one of her best friends. And then we kind of went as the double date, but then we obviously had the chemistry and kept it going. So nine years later, here we are. So did you score 29 the night after the date or the night before? The night after the date, which 
was arguably more important because I had just backed my dad's Jeep into my mom's car literally <laughs> two hours before the game, busted out the back windshield. If I don't drop 29, my dad's definitely pissed. There's no way I'm getting to go in that date. No way. That's Wait, hilarious. Is your, dad a, is your dad the coach? No, no, not okay. the coach. But. And so was she watching that game? Did she come? So you had just been on a date. Was she there? No, she wasn't there. We didn't go on the date until the next weekend. But like I said, if I don't drop 29, mm-hmm. dad's like, no, you're not going out. You're coming home. Got it. Okay. It's a good story. Yeah, I like it. Um, <laughs> and you're wearing a Pebble Beach hat. Eddie and I just played there. Have you been there before? Or do you have the hat? Yes, that's actually where I proposed to my wife. Wait, the what? Lone Cypress. This is crazy. Yes. How? Okay, what's the, what's the story there? Yeah, um, I knew I wanted to do something special for our proposal during, you know, COVID time uh, in March of 21. We went to Pebble Beach and Lone Cypress. It was perfect. It was uh, Labor Day weekend, I think. And so they weren't allowing tourists in for whatever reason. And so it was just my wife and I at the Lone Cypress, no one else around for 20 minutes. Felt like God paused time for a little bit. It was incredible. What's Lone Cypress? That was another course. Oh, it was. Part so of Pebble Beach. So the tree? Yeah. The tree? Yeah. You know, like on 17-mile drive, it's just like this lone cypress that sits out. Oh, it's not another course. Oh. It's just a huge tree. Yeah, that's, the logo. That's, that's the tree where we dropped, Bones. Remember when we, we, our, wa- our balls went in the water and we had to drop by that tree? <laughs> I don't know if you're telling the truth or not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The last hole. It's that big tree that's in the middle of Is the fairway. Is that true? Because he also thought it was a course par- until a second ago, Coleman. <laughs> No, no, no. That's a different tree. This okay. is like the just off the course about a mile. So the tree's not even on the Eddie, course? Eddie, you said so many wrong things. It's not on I'm the course, no. <laughs> okay. So why even mention this tree? Because that's where he went. To no, no, no. I, I know I know why he's mentioned it. I'm just saying, why is it called the lone tree? Like, it's a random tree in the middle of nowhere? That makes no sense. Yeah, I don't know why it's the logo. That's a good question. I guess just because it's nearby? I don't know. <laughs> exactly. And when you guys went out there, did she know you were going to propose? <clears throat> excuse me. Did she know you were going to propose? She had an idea. She didn't know when or where, but we'd been dating for a long time. Special trip. You know, she had an idea. And how do you go, hey, we're going to go. I mean, is that a place you guys normally went or was it just, hey, let's no, no, this was a one off. Um, You know, I guess it is a little selfish. I went and played three rounds of golf (laughs) and then decided that was the perfect time to propose. That's a little selfish. That's uh, awesome. Yeah, I just thought we'd make a great trip out of it. Are you a good golfer? Uh, I would say I'm an okay golfer. So he's good then. I'm seeing that his their relationship revolves around his successes, like or his yeah. or just his sports, yeah. his hobbies. Yeah. That he's a, yeah. Coleman. Okay. If she wasn't successful, I wouldn't be able to. I wouldn't be able to go out and do this venture to begin okay. with. So definitely rely on her. Where are you today, by the way? I am in uh, just outside of St. Louis, Missouri. I had to get about as close as I could so I could, you know. Be nearby for the Ryan Ritter interview. Had to get as close to Martin, Tennessee. So tell me, who are you interviewing today? Ryan Ritter, the UT Martin head coach. I'm really excited about it. Um, My first time to get in front of a coach one-on-one and be able to interview him. So thank you all so much for setting that up. I don't even need to pay him. I should have just not paid him at all and just said, here, we're going to pay you an interview. (laughs) There we go. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. uh, We're all here, Mike. Let's go with the tittle-tattle. It's time for the stupidest name ever. It's the tittle-tattle. All right, Kevin. With the official release this week, where do you think the best landing spot is for quarterback Derek Carr? I'm going to tell you what I like about this Derek Carr situation is from everything I know about Derek Carr, and I do have a couple friends that know Derek Carr, he's a great dude. They love him. He's like A+, nice guy, good guy. 
And the fact that he's sticking it to the Raiders, it's hilarious. Because they were like, hey, we're going to trade you. How about the Saints? We've got to say, I don't want to be traded anywhere. No trade clause. I'm just going to be a free agent, which means they could, they got nothing for him. So that tells me that he's upset with probably the coaching staff. Listen, we had heard a lot of rumors anyway that they weren't they weren't vibing. The McDaniels and Derek Carr were not kind of on the same page in a lot of ways, and he didn't even want him as a quarterback. And so now that Carr's got that opportunity, he's like, uh, we're good. Suck it. Not in so many words. I don't quote him for that. <laughs> it's not what he said exactly. But I, you know, I, I think the Saints will be great for him. I, I think the Titans will be awesome for him. That'd be cool. I mean, selfishly, I'd love for him to play where we are. For the Titans, I do think he's an upgrade from Tannehill. Yeah. Just because, and Tannehill did some things that no really other Titans quarterback has been able to do as far as how far the Titans have gotten in the playoffs. I mean, what did McNair get him? To the uh, Super Bowl and lost to the, the Rams, Bowl, yes. that, the Rams there. So, so it's been forever since. But, but with Tannehill, there is a ceiling that he's not going to throw consistently for 250. Carr had the worst defense period over like the past five, six, seven years. He didn't have a chance with the Raiders. And I do think he's a top 20 quarterback, which is not saying a lot considering there's not 40 quarterbacks. But I do think he's a top 15 to 20 quarterback. Yeah. And I think the Saints will be great. I think the Titans will be great. I think anywhere that he has a shot with – Decent weapons and a decent defense will finally get to see if he's as good as I think he is. So I'm going to go Titans. I think that would be awesome. That's very selfish. But the Saints also actually a place I could see him land too. What about you? I Well, selfishly, I want to see him go to the Saints just because he said, oh, you can't trade me there, but I'm going to sign there. That'd be so there. funny if he went there anyway. That'd be so funny, yeah. But I think the Commanders would also be a good one because they have a good defense. They have McLaurin, a wide receiver, a couple of weapons here and there. And if they can get a quarterback, I feel like they can maybe take that next leap. Uh, I'm going to tell you this. Eddie and I had a talk with the coach of the Commanders. Ron Rivera. And we know what's happening over there. And I'm going to mm-hmm. tell you, it ain't Derek Carr. And I'm going to leave it there. We can't say anything about hey, it. We pro- we, we, we've had – hey, we're, we're very well connected, Coleman, in the yeah, way of – we, like we saw him standing in a room and we went and attacked him. Yeah. And he was so nice to us. And I just asked him. I was like, hey, what's up? What's, what's happening with the quarterback next year? He just sort of landed out. It was awesome, dude. And I feel like I shouldn't say anything because I don't feel like that's an environment. It, it was at Pebble Beach because he was playing in the tournament, same one I was playing in. And I feel like that's kind of sacred ground where just two guys talking. But it ain't Derek Carr. Dang. But it would be good. It may be a good spot for him too. Yeah. But I'll leave it there. Let's just say it rhymes with Ron Brady. <laughs> <laughs> All right, next question, Kevin. Do you think Eric Bieniemy needs to leave Kansas City to prove himself head coaching worthy? Probably at this point. I mean, he won a Super Bowl already. He'd been to the champ- the AFC Championship. Andy Reid gets so much credit, all the credit offensively. And I saw that he was talking, or a couple other teams wanted to talk to him as the OC, not as the head coach. So it's seeming that if somebody wanted him as a head coach, they would have already hired him as a head coach. So I think he kind of needs to go somewhere where he's going to get some credit for it. So my answer, the easy answer is yes for that, or he would have already been a head coach based on the knowledge that I have of the situation. But it's wild that he hasn't had that shot yet right there's something we don't know absolutely i feel like i i feel like that too just generally in life with all things <laughs> but especially <laughs> here true. yeah that next is, one up that is true after losing bold coordinators this week do you think the eagles run is a one and done no i would compare it to oh, it's tough because it's not the same but like look alabama they lose coordinators and they don't win national championships they lose coordinators every year they he replaces some other good coordinators like if sirianni is the coach that people think he is then I think he'll find other great coordinators. The best thing a head coach can do is put coordinators into head coaches. 
because then other co- other great coordinators want to come be the coordinator to get the next shot up at a head coach. It's an annoying cycle, but good teams have to deal with it in college and the NFL because if you win a lot, why do you win a lot? Well, the head coach ain't leaving. Is your offense great? Well, let's take your offensive coordinator. And on and on. So, no, I don't. I think the defense is mostly back. I think they have they – they're bad. Most of those Eagles guys are coming back. So I think they're going to be legit again. And I think Jalen Hurts has shown that he's good regardless. Like he balled out harder than anybody else, period, in the Super Bowl. They just didn't win. Yeah. Like he balled out. I mean, he went hard. He set records. He threw. He ran. Yeah. He did it all with a hurt shoulder, too. Yeah. And they didn't talk much about the hurt shoulder. I'd have faked it. I'd have faked it worse if I were him. Just same, way I'd have, <laughs> same way I said about Mahomes. I'd have been like, I'd have been limping the whole time, even if it wasn't hurting, just so that story would go down in history. I love it. So I think the Eagles are for real. I think they'll be for real next year, too. Okay, going to basketball for the first time, do you think the addition of KD makes the Suns a favorite out in the West? Yeah, and by far. <laughs> for sure. I mean, KD, KD is, I'll be selfish about the comparison, KD is Andy Roddick where if LeBron ha- didn't happen to be here right now, KD would be the best basketball player alive, and he would be that for 7 to 10 years. And I say the same thing about Andy and Federer, because there was a time before Nadal hit where Andy was just like, Federer was beating him in, every, every, in the final of whatever, over and over. And it was like, dang. Or, or Tiger and Phil. You know, Phil's number two forever yeah. oh, behind Tiger. And that's always the case. But KD is so freaking good. And we forget. We talk about, you can talk about these seven-footers that can also stretch, you know, uh, a stretch four, even a stretch five. Katie's the OG of that. I mean, you go back and do some Moses Malone type stuff, but not really. <laughs> yeah. But Katie's like, the he's, he's seven foot and he shoots like he's six two. He can kill you all over the court. But he's been doing it for so long that he doesn't even get put in that conversation sometimes. So yes, by far. I mean, when I watch, I mean, Chris Paul had 19 assists the other night. Like just straight, like that team is I mean, Darren Bo- or Devin Booker scored like 40 and had no threes. They're already really good. Kevin Durant's going to make them great. It's going to be really cool to see. I like KD because he's a weirdo. I like anybody that's weird and does their own stuff because they want to do their own stuff. Even if I don't agree with their own stuff, like I like anybody who does that. Yeah, so they're there. They were already there, and now they're there, there. And if they don't win... That'd be wild. Then they're just done. But Durant's going to be there two more years, mm-hmm. right? Isn't that a three-year deal this year and yeah, two more? I think three more. Is it three more? Yeah. I want to say through 25, I w- 26. I wonder if he's rich. Oh, you know he is. I know, I'm dude, just ki- you Eddie, kidding me? Eddie, I'm kidding. I was <laughs> like, are you serious? <laughs> Eddie, I'm kidding. All right, what else you got? Uh, do you think the similarity in style of play between Kyrie and Luka is a cause for concern for Mavs fans? I'm going to say no, and here's why. Because they weren't getting anywhere with just Luka doing how Luka does. I would watch Luka play two games a week on Sunday ticket package, NBA package, whatever that, whatever the crap I have on Amazon that mm-hmm. I, the what is that called? I don't know. Season something. The NBA pass. league pass, league, league pass. pass. And I watched Luca dominate, but when Luca's putting up forty, when Jalen Brunson was there, they could at least go, okay, Luca's going to still play and take off a little bit, but Brunson's going to be part of the offense. Brunson can also take over. Then them not paying him and him going to the Knicks, that was a bad move retrospect. They weren't going to go anything past maybe a round in the playoffs with Luka, uh, with only Luka. And he is generational, but think of a generational player that's been so good and didn't have a great number two. I mean, think about Curry. Yep. Jordan. Yep. LeBron, we won titles, mostly except for Cleveland. And even then, kind of. Kyrie one year. Yeah, that's what I'm saying, like kind of. Yeah. So even if they do conflict, you still got to give it a run. It's one season. They weren't going to do it this year. They have a shot. Now, they actually have a shakeup that could create a spark there. 
And surely Kyrie cannot be an idiot for four months. <laughs> you would think. I mean, he plays with the ball a lot. He needs the ball a lot. He's a guy that plays with the ball, but so does Luca. Yeah. So it'll be inter- interesting to see. Um, but I'm going to say it shouldn't cause concern. It should actually cause excitement because even if they flare out, okay, at least they tried something. And with that team, you just want them to try something. What do you think about that, Colin? Yeah, I feel like that's Cuban's mentality, which I respect. You know, I mean, that's a controversial guy in terms of, you know, Kyrie hasn't had commitment, it seems like, to a team in quite some time. So definitely could have made a trade that, you know, doesn't pan out. But I get it when you say, hey, we don't have the talent around Luka to win a championship. Kyrie gives us that potential. I respect Cuban for taking the risk. Because otherwise, what are they going to do this season? Win a round? That's probably the ceiling. Now I think mm-hmm. the ceiling is Western Conference Finals. That it's, I don't think they can get to the champ to the NBA Finals. But maybe Kyrie signs for another couple of years. I don't. Would, I just wouldn't want. Kyrie and then he leaves my, in a year. I just wouldn't want Kyrie on my team. <laughs> Me neither. Just in general. All right. What else you got? Sitting at top of the East for the majority of the season, is it inevitable that a Bucks and Celtics Eastern Conference Championship is going to happen? I don't know. Uh, Coleman, you go for. What do you think about Bucks and Celtics? Is that in the East? Is that inevitable? I'm going to go no is my answer, but I'll tell you why. But Coleman, you go first. Is that inevitable? I don't think it's inevitable. I'm not going to um, go out on that, you know, bold claim and say it's inevitable. But I do think that's what will happen. I know that's taken favorites, but God, the Celtics look so solid right now. Tatum has just continued to improve and emerge. And then the Bucks with Giannis, it, it seems like they might just run the East for a little bit with as dominant as he can be. I think that, and I agree, and Tatum is now level A plus tier. Like, this season has been the, the season where he is now in that Luka, Giannis, in that category. It's crazy to see because we've seen him come up very young and kind of elevate to that slowly. It's kind of been a maturation, mm-hmm. which we don't always get to see that, and then make the finals, and he wasn't quite there. It, was, it wasn't quite there last year. Like, at times he was, but he's, he's killing everybody this season. Anytime I watch him, he's just dominating. The only team that, like, I saw that Love wants out with the Cavs because he's not, he's not in the rotation. So it's like, hey, would you guys let me go? So I think they're going to buy him out. So Kevin Love will leave there. But I think Cleveland and the Sixers both have those outside shots just based off talent alone that they can catch fire. You, we forget about stars at times because of headlines of other stars. But Joel Embiid, I mean, so legit. If he's healthy, he's as good or better than just about everybody except for maybe Giannis. And even then, he could outplay him three games of seven. Mm-hmm. Um, and Harden, I mean, if he's not fat. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what else you got? Going to NCAA here. After losing two games in a row, did Tennessee prove they're still a legit contender when they beat Alabama? So I watched almost the whole game. Alabama is so good, and we talked about this, where Alabama, if they're not hitting outside, it's tough for them to win. And they were playing in Tennessee, which is a tough place to play. I've been there many times watching games. Most of the time we lose, we go to Tennessee. Tennessee's also really good. Tennessee's also always really good in season. Barnes, though, chokes on a walnut when it mm-hmm. comes to postseason, which is crazy to me. He did it everywhere. He did it at Texas. He does it at Tennessee. Uh, mm. Tennessee's good in, um, you know, Vaccaro or whatever his name is this year. He changes how to say his name. Tennessee's good. I think that they are a contender in winning the SEC tournament. I think they don't have – really the, the horses to win the whole thing. But I do think they can win the SEC tournament. I think Alabama is still the team to beat, but it was like, it was good. I mean, they were up by six, seven points with like 45 seconds to go last night. For a second, Alabama pushed, and I thought Alabama was going to make a run. 
because they always make a run. I watched Alabama and Auburn a couple days prior, and that's what they did. They were tied with like four minutes left. And I got on my app, and I was like, let's go. It was Auburn plus four when they were tied. And I was like, 50 bucks on Auburn plus four. Alabama won by like 12. And it was, I was like, mother, so stupid they even turned it on. <laughs> but, yes, Tennessee is good. They can win the SEC tournament, but Alabama is still the team. What do you think about that, Coleman? Yeah, I don't think Tennessee's a national title contender because I'm not falling for what you've mentioned, Bobby, just the Rick Barnes stuff every single year. They're – a first weekend exit year after year, no matter if they're a two seed, three seed, they seem to always bow out early. And although they are elite defensively, that's always their calling card. I, I, I worry that they struggle to score enough points when it matters. And uh, I don't think they're a true national title contender because of that. Final question, Kevin. As the consensus number one conference when it comes to depth, do you think or would you rather take the Big 12 or the field if the tournament started today? So I can take either – it's just conference-wise. Any, any Big 12 any, team. Okay, so we're talking Kansas, Texas, Baylor, basically yeah. Iowa State. TCU's in there. TCU, yeah. Yeah, but I mean, I'm talking about teams that I would actually think could do some damage. Out of the Big 12 – Coleman, let's talk about this together. Who, would, who do you think yeah. can make the Sweet 16 out of the Big 12 of all those schools? Well, see, uh, to fully answer the question, I mean, I think that there are four or five Big 12 teams that will make the Sweet 16 – I would, wouldn't be surprised at all if none of them make the Final Four. I think in the Big 12, we've got a bunch of good teams, a bunch of really good teams. I don't think there's a single great team. If I had to pick one, I think it's Baylor. Getting Chamwachachua back healthy is huge for them, specifically their defense. They're great offensively. If they can start to turn the corner defensively, I think they're the Big 12's best chance. But I think the Big 12's a bunch of good teams, no great teams. I, I think that I would take the field as well. I've watched yeah, Kansas. I've watched Kansas play enough. I watched them get beat by Kansas State. Mm-hmm. I've watched them again. They're they don't even eye test dominance. They eye test well coached and winning games because they're in the right place at the right time with good shooters, fundamental basketball. But athletically, and Coleman, you can tell me if I'm wrong. They don't look like a Texas or a Kansas team. I can't Texas is so much more athletic than Kansas is. Like when I watch that, and Texas gets a little sloppy, and obviously the beard's out. The assistant coach is now the head coach, the interim. Texas looks like athletes. Yeah, like so I feel talented. like Texas can beat anybody at any time, but they're not going to be. They're not going to win three games in a row like that. Um, so I I agree. I, I think Kansas, Texas, and Baylor are probably the three teams out of that conference. And Baylor's probably if I had to bet the one, but I wouldn't take the Big Twelve over the field. Okay. So thank you very much. That's Tittle Tattle. Go for it. We're going to lose Coleman in just a second, so we have a few more minutes with him, so I want to go first. Um, I saw that Colin Castleton's out for Florida for the rest of the regular season, broke his hand, which is, he's Florida's whole team, basically. He's awesome, although he whines like crazy. Watching, he just cries. His face cries even when he's not crying. He's one of those guys. <laughs> Resting if he's not face? on your team, yes. If he's not on your team, you hate him. But if he's on your team, you love him. But Castleton out really hurts Florida. Um, did you, Have you watched any of Colin Castleton's game over the last couple of years, Coleman? Oh, absolutely. I have loved Colin, Colin Castleton's game. I have thought Florida was going to be better than they've been each of the last two years. So they've disappointed me a little bit, but I love Colin Castleton's game. Disappointing that they're going to lose him. They were already on the outside looking into the bubble. Now without him, um, they'll be in IT bound at best. I saw Coleman tweet this, and then he's going to go interview the coach from UT Martin, so we're going to let him go. But Coleman said, let's take a look 
at what grade the three leading scores have been on every national team since 2015, which I think that's the year Duke won it. And so, Coleman, you listed them. So walk me through this and the point you're trying to make here. Yeah, so of those 18 leading scores, so the three leading scores from the past six national champions, 16 of them were juniors or seniors. The other two were sophomores. So I think that just goes to show it takes a veteran poised team that can create consistency. We get so caught up in highlights and teams A plus game. Wow, they blew that team out by 30 points. They look so great there. If if we're taking team's best A plus game and crowning a national champion, Duke would have won the national title in 2019. It wouldn't have been close. But they weren't consistent enough, didn't have that veteran leadership to be consistent for what it takes to win a national title and proof in the leading scorers. You've got to have veteran play guys that have been there before to win a national title, at least what we've seen in recent history. Just like this show, young people don't matter like Coleman. See you, man. Yeah. You got to go. <laughs> finish the show. Got to be a role, guys. All right. Hey, Coleman, good luck with the interview. We'll, uh, we'll hear it probably on Monday's show. And are they hooking you up with like seats? Are you, you're not paying for tickets anymore, right? Like we got gotcha. you. I, I sure hope so. I, okay. I don't think I'll have to. All right, good. If there's anything that we can do, it's get him tickets to UT Martin game. Yeah. Can I can I Venmo him for like popcorn and stuff? We could actually. Right. We could pay for his popcorn. I got, I got I'll bring you. some back for you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll get you a Gatorade, Coleman. Wait, you're near St. So they're, they're, UT Martin's playing in. Where are they playing? Where are you? I know St. Louis. At UT Martin. But I'm in St. Louis, but I'm about to go to Tennessee Martin. How far is that? Got it. Drive. Oh, you're like leaving. Three to, and a half. You're leaving to drive. I thought you were like walking over to an office or something. No, no. Yeah. Leaving to drive. Okay. Well, then leave. <laughs> I asked Mike, I said, they're, they're not going to call him in the middle of the interview be like, you have to leave your hotel room again, right? <laughs> yeah. um, all right, Coleman, have a safe trip, buddy. We'll talk to you Monday. Thanks, guys. Have a good one. All right, there he is. Coleman, uh, he'll be back on Monday. I did want to mention a couple other things. And we have a really good interview with Houston Barber from the Corner Blitz, which is so legit. It's just a guy I like on TikTok. Yeah, it's awesome. It's an awesome interview. I want you to get It's so good. Um, a couple things. Number one, you know, Aaron Rodgers' darkness retreat, he's, the four-day darkness retreat, he goes in, he does whatever he does, and Comes out and has all the answers to the world. Solitary confinement. Pretty cool. Yeah, pretty cool. He got a little slide. They slide his food in there in a cafeteria tray. That's what I imagine. It's like prison. Yeah, like the solitaire. Hole. Yeah. What would our wives say if we told them we wanted to go on a four-day dark? <laughs> I was just thinking about this individually. Wives are, and Kevin, you do your girlfriend. What if you went to your wife and said, you know, I've been really struggling. I feel like I need to do four days of darkness. Can you respect that? What would your wife say, Eddie? Man. She let me go to Pebble Beach for four days. So I would say if I time it right and I have the exact right thing that I need to say at the right time, I think she'd let me do it. She would. Yeah. My wife's like that. Like now, she, would you do it though or would you lie and then just go play golf or something in the daytime and just FaceTime her? Like, you know what's nighttime and you're in your room and the TV's off <laughs> and you can barely see you? You just FaceTime her from like those set scenarios? <laughs> now you're talking. Yeah. Because <laughs> a, a dark retreat, like what, what, is, what is he doing here? Like we're not going to do that. Kevin? Yeah, I think she would. I would just tell her, you know, I, I just need to work on me, get my head straight, and then she'd be like, oh, okay, you probably, you probably should go. Like, would she go, think you're crazy you're for four days of darkness? Like, no, that um, she'd probably ask some questions like, really? You really need that? And have explained it and be like, well, I guess if that's what you think you need. I like how sure. we all have to be like, hey, it's what we need right now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to be soft-spoken about it. Yeah. I think my wife would say, you have to listen to a podcast and have lights on, night lights when you sleep. Why would you want to go to a darkness retreat? Like, what are you really doing? Going, following the Arkansas <laughs> away games? I just don't think she would believe me. Mike? Oh, she would let me go. I've told my wife recently, even before this Aaron Rodgers stuff came out, that I just want to sit in a room 
with darkness, nothing around me. Because sometimes my brain just gets so like consumed with all these things we have going on, and I just want quiet and dark. For how long though? Because I could do that for ten minutes. <laughs> yeah, thirty Four max. days. I, I you... feel like I could do it. Yeah, we go crazy. Um, hey, and where do you go like bathroom and stuff? Like, what, how do you find it? Like, if they say, oh, in the darkness retreat. I thought you meant in my house. No, 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 no. no in the <laughs> darkness retreat, in the room, they're just like co- toilets in the corner. Yeah, where's the corner? There have to be times where he's actually able to see. Yeah. Or and he turns his phone on or something. I'm not saying to call anybody, but there's got to be a lamp or something. Okay. Like a nightlight? Yeah, I don't think they poke his eyeballs out and he has no access to seeing at all. Because, like, when I was a kid, I used to love trying to walk around my house, trying to get from one part of the house to the other with my eyes closed. I'd nail a wall. I'd knock a planter over every single time. So, like, this got to be tough. It's weird, huh? And a little bit, he probably does it for, like, six hours. But since he's Aaron Rodgers, mm-hmm. he's like, yeah, man, it's four days. Great. <laughs> yeah, okay, buddy. <laughs> okay, big news. Sad news. But it is news. First of all, the good news is we, we're continuing the show. We told you for six more weeks. So we'll go to the end of basketball. But then after that, you know, we don't have a plan to do this show consistently. I think if something happens in sports, we'll hop on and do a little something, talk about it every week and a half or two. I don't know. There's no plan because we are we're only doing this show for 25 episodes up until the Super Bowl, which turned into four, over 40 episodes. But then they said, hey, we do six more weeks. To the, yes, yes, yes. But in a very Lou Gehrig type situation here, I bring to the microphone producer Eddie. Eddie. Guys. My short career. Is here, that here, is that what here, it was? Here, like here, yeah, here, I was here, 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 here. in sports podcasting. I'm gonna have to step down no, 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 no. because my plate is too full. Penis is too small. small. <laughs> no, Wait, no, what? I didn't say that. What? What's that echo doing? I don't know, man. That's weird. <laughs> yeah, Eddie, yeah, man. I'm, Eddie's I'm quitting. I, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go through March Madness, but I think after that, I'm gonna need to step away a little bit. He's quitting everything. Yeah. Not the, not the not the bi bone show. Okay. Yeah. His video stuff has gotten it, all that work. And so, are you still doing sore losers? I'm gonna do sore losers for a little bit, but then I'm quitting that too. Wow. So when you're walking, so we're doing this for six. You're not leaving for six weeks. No. And then you're done with all sports. Yeah, man. This and sore losers. Yes. I'm gonna step away from the sports world. The I want to fo- never be the same when you're, you're gone. You're gonna pull a Tom Brady, Brett Favre. You're coming back, dude. At some point. Nah. Yeah. I don't yeah. think so. Is that your prediction? Yeah, for sure. All right, all right. I'll tell you what for really sure. happened. You'll my get w- like a month out, and you'll be like, "Damn." Can I be honest? Yeah. My wife said, "Me or sports podcasting." And did you pick yourself? I picked sports podcasting. Then she said, "I'm leaving." Oh, she, like, she meant her. She yeah. Meant her. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's like ah, I'm gonna miss her. <laughs> tell her you're going on a darkness retreat for months. <laughs> Does that work? <laughs> yeah. So Eddie's leaving. Dang. Eddie's leaving yeah. sports podcasts. Kevin is going to be a new buddy and Mike producing. Let's do it. The trio. Everybody's already turning it off right now. Like, <laughs> hey, oh, good man. luck, guys. Uh, okay, I want to go over this interview. This is, and I love to have, this is such, just such a good interview, mostly because I enjoy him on TikTok. So this is Houston Barber from the Corner Blitz here on 25 Whistles. Houston, how are you, buddy? I'm doing great. How are you? Hey, so I'm a big fan, and I, I just like probably anybody else has come across your work, like I just scroll on TikTok, and I watch all your videos, and mm-hmm. I told my producer, I was like, we got to get this dude on because... I think I'm like your number one fan. So I have a lot of questions for you. Um, first of all, ha- have you had a bunch of interviews where people are going, hey, Houston, I love you because of your TikTok? You know what? I've done a couple radio shows, um, uh, but uh, this is probably like the first podcast that I've been on. So I'm very excited to talk about it. You know, I love just like finding random, interesting stories about college football because I think college football is very unique in the personalities and the weird cultures that just surround the sport. So just 
all around the edges of college football. There's so much fun stuff to talk about that, you know, an, an average person who, you know, watches an Alabama game on a Saturday may not be aware of the insanity that's happening, you know, in a small FCS college in South Carolina or, you know, that, you know, somewhere else across the country, you know, there, there, there's a coach playing uh, a quarterback because their school ran out of, you know, starting quarterback. So they needed someone with an extra year of eligibility. So that's the kind of stuff that I love. Uh, and I, I love talking about it. So at the corner blitz, I mean, that's his name on TikTok. And what it, do you have a background? I think why I like what you do, can you just put your head up there and it's, Behind you, there's like a, a screenshot or, you know, you roll through pictures. Do you have a background in anything sports related? Because in the most refreshing way, you don't sound like everybody else that does. Well, uh, this this is the honest truth of how I got into it. So when I first started dating my now wife and my then girlfriend, you know, eight or so years ago, she was appalled at the amount of football that I was watching on a Saturday. So I had to make a deal with her. I was like, Listen, if I can find some way to get paid for watching football, then this has to be, you know, a happy medium. We have to, you know, that works. So she agreed to that. So I started, you know, finding blogs to write for. And I uh, I wrote for Saturday Down South. I wrote, you know, forever I could, could find to just try to, you know, make some use of, you know, my knowledge of the game and how much I love college football. And then, you know, uh, I started a TikTok channel and and that gave me the most freedom to really talk about what I was most interested in. And, you know, I could just post at any time that I wanted. And and that's kind of when I started to gain a following and, and build a little mini community there that that was really fun for me. Yeah, I'm mayor of that community, by the way. They don't know it, but I love <laughs> I appreciate it. it yeah. So I want to talk about a few things here. And uh, this first uh, story that you were doing recently, I'm from Arkansas, so I know about this coach a little bit, but the Presbyterian College, will you tell mm -hmm. all my friends here and then also the people that listen to this show kind of why you say that's one of the most interesting programs in college football? Yeah, absolutely. So it, it, as you said, this guy, Kevin Kelly, was high school coaching legend in Arkansas because he had a philosophy where he would never punt the football. He would never kick an extra point, always go for two. He would always onside kick. It kind of felt like, you know, uh, if you turn a football program into like an NFT or something, it was like Web 3.0 version of, of a football team. You know, he seemed way, you know, 100 years ahead of what everyone else was doing. You know, and he had support even when he was in, in Arkansas as a high school coach. People like Bill Belichick, the biggest names in the sport, would drop by and speak to him. And, and eventually he got hired by uh, an FCS program, Presbyterian College. And it was a big deal. I think Bill Belichick actually introduced him at his press conference there. Uh, and so I was aware of him and I was following him closely. And his very first game, his very first ever college football game where he was keeping that same strategy, he went out and his team won 72 to nothing. And <laughs> So I, so I saw that and I'm like, okay, you know, that there's scores like that happen in college football. Sometimes you could just be playing a terrible team week two. He comes out, his team scores 90 points. Oh my. And so at this point I'm thinking, you know, I'm thinking, okay, this guy has figured out, you know, within two years, every NFL team is going to be doing what this guy is doing. So I, that's when I started going all in on, on the corner blitz talking about this guy and I would break down his offense and even his offense, he would, you know how NFL teams at the end of games, you know, they would just do like the 20 laterals to, you know, as a instead of doing a Hail Mary. That was like a staple of his offense. He would throw it to a tight end who would pitch it to a running back coming out of the backfield who would then lateral it across the field. It would just be like on a first and 10 in the fourth, you know, in the first quarter. So it, it was a wild team. And so I was very excited. And week three, he was playing his first conference opponent, a, a team called Campbell. 
And so I was was going to do a TikTok live during the game. I was very excited for it. Uh, and by the end of the first quarter, he was losing 42 to nothing. He once he started playing common opponents for whatever reason, you know, they just they couldn't get any points. Teams would figure out how to do it. And because of him always going for fourth downs, he wouldn't just lose games. He would lose games by like 40 and 50 points because it would just be a snowball effect. And by the end of the year last year, his kids would be coming up to him and begging to punt the football and begging to just do a regular kick because they were, you know, couldn't win a game in conference. So he ended up leaving Presbyterian last year and heading back to Arkansas. Um, but I, I hope, uh, you know, someone finds a nugget of what he did, you know, and, and, and expounds on that. And you can see it in the NFL too. You saw, you know, the Eagles go for it on, you know, any fourth down that's less than five yards, you know, they're going, they're going for it. And I think there's a seed of that now that that's growing. He, uh, he won state championships in Arkansas. Like he was like a legendary oh, yeah. high school, like multiples. And yes. so I, I, I messaged him when he got the job and the first two weeks and he was done. I was like, dang, this is... but then when he started losing bad, I stopped messaging him. <laughs> <laughs> Cause I don't want to, I don't want to jump in and be like, Hey, what happened buddy? Yeah. But I think you're right. Like there's something there. Maybe it's mm-hmm. not, you know, full balls to the wall like he was going. <laughs> All the way. Yeah. Because you're seeing a lot of these NFL teams, and you're seeing, like, Staley with the char- Chargers and a lot of these NFL guys who are fourth down. Where some, Sometimes you go for it. When we were kids, they never went for it on fourth down. Yeah. Oh, right. It was rare. You never went for two. You yeah. never – so I thought that was such an interesting TikTok that you did about him. Did you guys know that story at all? No, no idea. never well, heard boom, of that. Boom, welcome to town. I love it. <laughs> You're moving in. You're moving into the corner blitz. <laughs> there, um, there was a moment in the, the AFC championship game where the Chiefs, and it was in the first quarter, they ran a Presbyterian college play. They threw it to Kelsey, who pitched it out to the running back coming out. I don't think it worked very well, but I saw that play, and I was like, that's Kevin Kelly. That's Presbyterian college. They, that was a staple of his offense. <laughs> Crazy. So I do want to talk about Jaden Rashada for a second. The recruit who was supposed to go to Florida and then, you know, he was getting all this money and then they're like, well, you ain't, you ain't getting it. And then you, the, I think the contract actually, I think I actually saw part of the contract too. Can you just from the beginning kind of let us know that story? Yeah. So, so Jaden Rashada was, you know, top 10 ranked quarterback in the country, you know, as, as typical with those kind of guys, every school in the country was after him. Uh, He signed with Miami over the summer. You know, it was kind of one of their top recruits. Then out of nowhere in the middle of the year, he flipped his recruitment to Florida. He, he, He switched to going to Florida. And the rumors was, and we found out later that this was true because his contract was revealed. He signed a $13 million uh, NIL contract with Florida. And it broke down where he would get $500,000 as soon as he signed the paperwork. And then he would get every month and like a $275,000 payment. And that would increase if he stayed there for all four years to like $400,000 a month. It was a, you know, an unbelievable deal that was bigger than anything uh, that college football had seen up to that point. So fast forward to national signing day. Uh, he's everyone's waiting for him to sign. He hasn't signed yet. Turns out on national signing day, he gets a letter from uh, University of Florida and it's there like it's just not not technically University of Florida. It's the booster group that represents UF. Uh, but they tell him that the contract that he signed is null and void and he's not going to be getting any payment. So now this kid has to decide, am I going to sign with Florida or, you know, for nothing and hopefully we negotiate the contract or do I look elsewhere? But it's 11th hour of recruiting. He doesn't really have a lot of other options. So he decides to sign with Florida, hopefully renegotiate. 
And that turns out terribly. So within a couple of weeks, he has to request to transfer from UF, you know, two weeks after he signed a scholarship to play for them. Uh, he then hits the open market uh, and he ends up going to Arizona State. And it was just kind of a mess all around and shows pretty much the worst case scenario of this new NIL structure and kind of what recruiting may look like going forward in the future. What I saw, too, because I, I will do NIL deals with players from University of Arkansas for different mm-hmm. I have a TV show. I'm, I have them promote it. I also I'm trying to obviously be a supporter of the program uh, mm-hmm. at the same time. I do have them do work for me, you know, even with like mm-hmm. clothes and stuff, I have them promote. But what I saw in that contract for the first time, because except for mine, a lot of the NIL stuff is not known. It's just mm-hmm. people talking about a message board, speculating. But what I saw was that 13 or whatever the number was, $13 million deal was over four years. And there were a lot of, well, you got to be here for year two. You got to be here for year mm-hmm. three. So it really wasn't a $13 million guaranteed deal, but it was if you play all four years, and you continue, then, and by the way, it's still a lot of money and awesome. A lot of money. But it wasn't like the kid went to school and got $13 million, which, by the way, went to school and got $0 million. Yeah. <laughs> so, so. Was but, that the tactic? What? Was that the move by Florida? Oh, I don't think so. I don't think. It's a collective, right, more than, that messed up, right? Exactly. So, and that's where it gets kind of tricky is because, you know, Florida is not allowed, the University of Florida is not allowed to negotiate with this guy directly. Mm-hmm. So it's this third-party collective made up of boosters. And so what people think has happened is that, his entire contract, especially the upfront payment, was being backed by one booster who at the last second decided he wasn't going to give that money. And then the other thing with the Rashada story, too, is that in the summer, he was a top 10 ranked prospect. By signing day, his he had dropped to a four-star uh, player. He was you know, not in the top 80 overall prospects. And so now you have this guy who you know is the 85th ranked prospect getting paid millions and millions more than any other player you know and so i think you know they try to find a way to wiggle out of the contract and you know but this poor kid who thinks he's getting life-changing money finds out on the day he's supposed to sign that it all falls through yeah the fact that he was a four-star to me when i first read it was like how's a four-star getting this kind of money but that's mm-hmm. what it was he wasn't he was a five-star quarterback uh, one final uh topic here and something that i've been following but i, I was at the house this weekend and i saw the blurb pop up that said New Mexico State is suspending their basketball program. Now, they, there had already been some trouble there, but this was supposedly a different thing. And now I read that it's hazing, the hazing incident. Um, yeah. I saw you talk a little bit about this too. So what do you know about this as of now? Yeah, you know, it's, it's a crazy story. And like you said, New Mexico State had been involved, you know, with a, a player that was involved in a, a pretty horrible shooting earlier in the year. And so you know, when news broke and it was a late Friday night news dump that not only, you know, were they suspending coaches, they were suspending the entire program, you know, with no date of when, you know, basketball was going to resume at New Mexico State. Um, uh, and we, we're finding out more information now that it was uh, a hazing incident and a, and a player who who was a victim wanted to uh, report the incident, but didn't want to get, he didn't want to have any charges pressed against his teammates. And so, uh, you know, when he, he spoke to the university about it, the president and you know the board at New Mexico State decided to just suspend the entire program to kind of get a fresh start. And as a result, we've already seen a, a lot of the the members of that team leave, put their name in the transfer portal, and it looks like they're they're going to have to basically start from zero. It's basically a death penalty for New Mexico State basketball. It was like like balls and butt. And yeah, stuff. We, weird stuff. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was like yeah, it's like why. 
What? Like, weird. why would you even do that? <laughs> weird. Like, we're so well. Look, here's the thing. You, your TikTok is so good, and you know we got a pretty good audience that listens to this podcast. If I'm, if I'm being, oh, you know, I'm not gonna be humble. We got a huge audience that listens to this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> it's a massive podcast. Um, so I hope everybody, you go and you follow the Corner Blitz. It's you do such great work. In a few weeks, I'd love to have you back on. You just cover the most that. interesting stuff, and I'm a fan. And thank you for your time, and keep up the good work, Houston. I love talking to you. I'm a big fan of yours as well, so I appreciate the time. All right, Houston. See you, buddy. Uh, a couple things I wanted to mention. First, thanks to Houston Barber. Go follow him, the Corner Blitz. I think we'll have him on for sure. Uh, number one is, I was going to talk about Eddie making me lose a bunch of money. We have this thing. We don't need to talk about that. Well, well uh, you'll see. It'll come back around. Okay. Uh, we text each other and go, hey, there's a big favorite that's down right now, which is affecting kind of the live, the in-game spread. So let's say Gonzaga. They're a 20-point favorite, but halfway through the first half, they're losing by 22. So it's like Gonzaga plus two. And we're like, okay, or Gonzaga. Whatever it is, if it looks odd, we'll text each other. It's a no-brainer. It's a no-brainer bet. Eddie goes, hey, Duke's down like 18. I'm going to go bet on that just so you know. And I see it. And you have to see it right when it texts. And I hop over, and I throw 800 bucks on Duke plus 18. But what did I say when you sent me the $800? I'm like, what, you idiot. Like, that's not why I texted you. And my words were very clear. If you're interested. I'm not mad at you. Not $800 interested. I'm not mad at you. But anyway, Duke lost worse than that. I lost my money, right? Mm. Sucked. Mm -hmm. So I didn't even say much to him except, well, it sucked. I think what I said was, yeah. Eddie was like, dang, that sucks. I was like, yeah. But that's on me. We tell each other. I bet it. We lost it. That's on me. Yeah. Arkansas was playing a couple weeks ago. Oh, maybe a couple <laughs> games ago. And I was like, hey, dude, Arkansas, they should win this game. And they lost. I don't know how much you put on. It doesn't matter. It's all relative. I put a lot of money down. Right. And Ten bucks. That, it's all relative. For me, right. that's a it's lot of relative. money. So we're even. Right? Okay. We're even. 810. Very well, even. Same thing. Luckily for me, I made a bunch of money at the Super Bowl. I put 7500 bucks back in my bank account. And I don't ever withdraw because it's just entertainment to me. I don't try to bet money to make money. I bet money, and if I do, that's awesome, and I have more to play with. Problem is, I kept like, actually made more than that, and kept like two thousand in my account, just to dick around with. And so the pro, and here's the problem: I lost that eight hundred at Duke, and I was just feeling, even though it doesn't affect, because I won all this money, I'm like, oh, I still am burning. I got a burning sensation, and it also it bothers me about the Duke game because the burning sensation is my butthole that's hurt. <laughs> I was like, okay, all right, <laughs> and what that was. so I was like, okay, I'm gonna, I gotta, I gotta switch this Duke stuff around. So. Last night, Arkansas was playing Texas A&M, and we were a big dog in Texas A&M, and we were up. So I was like, let's just do it. I had Arkansas like plus one and a half as we were leading. We were up 12 with like six minutes to go. We ended up losing the game. I watched. I lost 1000 bucks. That line never really – they didn't give us a lot of points as the live went on. Even when they were up by 12 or whatever, I mean, it, was, it stayed for the most part at plus one. So I did money line on that one. I lost on that one last night too. Well, I don't ever bet 1000 bucks, but I got all this money left from like the Super Bowl – which is stupid. I should have just put it all in my account. Because I'm like, well, it's there and it's house money. Why not just bet it? I lost a thousand bucks on a regular season basketball game. Wow. Which is so stupid of me. I was wondering what it was at when I watched. I think they're up 12 at half or whatever, too. And it may have been even half when I yeah, said 12. Whatever it was, yeah. Or going but I, I would half. never bet a thousand bucks on a random in season basketball game. <laughs> on a random If I hadn't won Wednesday. all that in the Super Bowl. <laughs> but I was like, what's there? And I already put in the money. I'll just bet a thousand. It just got me in. Tr- I'm just an idiot. That's where it gets you. I owe Kevin, I owe you 500 bucks, by the way. I'll Venmo you before I leave. Or te- just text me your Venmo. Do you have Venmo? Yeah. Kevin won 500 bucks from the booking the coaches. So he's got that. 
Um, Give it some time, though, dude. You just lost a lot of money. Yeah, you don't need, but that has don't, nothing to do with it. I know, but still. And I still have another thousand in here that I'm ahead, so I'm good. Okay. It's like I would have never bet it. I should just put it in the bank. Yeah. Which was so stupid of me. So that's what I want to say. Be responsible, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> um, just a couple other things before we get out of here. Let's see. I watched the Lakers Pelicans. We record this on Thursday, uh, Thursday afternoon. I watched the Lakers Pelicans last night, and the Lakers did win the game. You stayed up late. I did because I'm very interested to see what the Lakers do. They're 27 and 32 now, so they're a couple games I think behind Utah to get that last play-in game seed. But here's what's interesting because you know they made the trade where they sent off Westbrook and they got D'Angelo Russell. You could go through uh, Russell had 21 points. They don't. They didn't have shooters. He made three of five three pointers, which then gives LeBron more room. Mo Bamba and LeBron. It was really cool to see. I saw a couple plays last night where LeBron was. He's very unselfish anyway. He loves. He, but he wasn't able really to be recently because they didn't have any scores. But it was fun to watch LeBron from the top throw into Bamba, throw out to LeBron. LeBron drive back to. It's a nice little pick and roll with two people that. Look kind of odd because Bamba's a tall, oh, yeah. thin, tall, skinny dude, and LeBron's like a truck. And usually it's like a, it's like a point guard type person playing with a, a four or a five when they're. <laughs> but there's, I don't think the Lakers are going to win it. But I did bet them. I'm just telling you, <laughs> I put 150 bucks on plus 180 to make the playoffs on a random Wednesday to make oh. the playoffs. Oh, okay, okay, good. <laughs> Not, future, future, future. Yes, just to make it. <laughs> what are they right now? Like ten, they're, seven, eight, nine. They're, they're, uh, they're I think they're at eleven. Because isn't 10 the final play-in seed? Yes. I think they're at 11. You may look that up. Um, but they're at 180 to make the playoffs. And I think they can make the playoffs. I like what I saw. Based on last night against the Pelicans. 13. Right. And tw- oh, what? Are you sure? Yeah. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh, dang, I didn't oh, see oh, that okay. last night. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They're, they're only two games out of the 10, though. Out of the Maybe that's what I saw. I okay. just assumed it was 11 yeah. since they were that close yeah. to it. Whatever. I bet it. Plus 180 to make the playoffs. Let's go. Let's go, Lakers. Um, and then... Finally, uh, um, I'll save this announcement for Monday. I have another announcement, but I'll, I'm going to save this Eddie thing and let it live. Okay. We're about to go. We're sad to see you go, but we're here for six more weeks before yeah, we man. die. And then I think that's it. Uh, will Tiger make the cut, you guys think, in the old? No, no, no. Okay. Ty, even though Tiger says that he wouldn't be playing if he didn't think he could win the whole darn thing, mm-hmm. don't think that's true. Does he walk with a cane on the course? He uses his putter. Is that what Especially it is? Especially when he's walking uphill. Like he'll, 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 I saw that, and I didn't know if he had a cane with him, but it was his putter. Yeah, he uses his club. Especially when he gets out of bunkers. Oh, that's tough to see. Huh. Okay. Uh-huh. Well, I think we're going to end there. Thanks to Coleman, who had to leave early. I'm looking forward to that interview, though. That's, yeah. That's, and it's got to be super cool for him, let's be honest. He was just driving around, paying his own money. It's awesome. Buying nosebleed seats. But he's, one, good on the show. And then, two, he now had done it to buy tickets, and he can interview coaches for us. Let's go. That's awesome. Yeah. Final thought, Eddie. Uh, I want to bring something up to you real quick. So something that made me really upset last week. Uh, I'm the head coach of the Laker Bones, my son's nine-year-old basketball team. Which I own. Which you are a sponsor of. I own. I'm the owner. Uh, M- Kevin here is the assistant coach. And last week, we were up by 12 points. 17. Whatever. We're up by 17 points at the half. And it's legal in our league to do a full-court press. On defense, the second half, not the first half, second half. We've seen a lot of success when we do a trap, you know, in the inbound. So I just said, let's not give in. So you trap whomever the inbound pass goes to full court. Correct. Got it. Full court. 
and we've seen a lot of success. And I'm like, the last three games, we're on a heater. So I said, let's go. Let's keep it going. Keep the intensity going. Let's do a full court trap. Assistant here steps in and goes, hey, coach, I think we should just back up a little bit. We're up by 17. Mm. I go, no. I, I, I hear Vikings Colts coming up. I said, no, I don't, I don't, I don't think so. He's like, no, nah, I think we should. Like, you know, let's not rub it in their faces that we're beating them by 17 points. Fine. Assistant coach said so. Boys, forget what I said. Let's just go with get back, prevent defense, don't let them score. They come back and score 10 on us right away. And I look at coach and I'm like, seriously? Oh, God. So I over, I overdid the override and said, all right, back to what I said initially. Full court trap. Mm. Let's go. We ended up winning the game. But oh should my, my – I thought they were going to come back and win. Should this guy step in and say that to the head coach? Is that Or is that just straight just disrespectful? I think that's his job, actually. Oh. But it's your job to make the final call. Oh. I think an assistant coach should actually give his input based on his eyes and ears and – also, you know his coaching ethics. You don't want to run up the score if you really think you're going to win by forty. You, wouldn't you want think that on I you. give a crap? I want to kick that team. That's only butt because by you've been losing every game. That's true. That's true. Yeah, that, I felt that. That's very true. But I do think the listen to your assistants is great. I try to listen to you guys when we do the show. I want to know what you think, what we can do. Yeah, but then you always go like stupid idea. No, I We're don't going. either. Sometimes <laughs> I go, most of your ideas are stupid, but that one's not. <laughs> <laughs> so. Yes, it is his job to recommend that, and it's your job to finally make the decision to do it or not. And you did exactly that, and finally you went, never mind, we're going back to we're trapping. So yeah. in the end, you both did right, and you won. We did win. But I like it that you listened. I did. Well, I mean, it was like, all right, fine. And then I like it that you overruled it once he, it wasn't working. He said that he was in that position before, so he would appreciate it if the team would have let up a little bit. And so I said, all right, fine, we'll try it. And finally, teach your kids to trap better. Be up by 30, so it doesn't matter. That's true. They do <laughs> need to trap you, buddy. better. That is true. Kevin? Mine is the NFL is the greatest reality show that we have right now. Even after the Super Bowl, everything goes down and Juju tweets out on Valentine's Day <laughs> to Bradbury, hey, what is, something about holding, right? Yeah, Hold yeah, me yeah. forever or something like that. Uh, and then like you have, a, th- a Valentine's card. <laughs> yeah, Valentine's card. It. And then you have A.J. Brown coming back and every, even Patrick Mahomes had to say something. So funny. It's just such a great reality show, the NFL, and I love it. Yeah, that's a good one. It's, oh. it's like they do all the funny Valentine cards for, as a kid and there would be like characters and it would be like, I love you all the way to the moon. And it's like an astronaut. Yeah. <laughs> Dumb. I did watch NFL films, their clip though, the holding call. And the more you see it from the different angles, it was a, it was definitely a holding call. Yeah. Like as soon as he turned, it was from behind actually. You could see it. And he, d- you call that, if you see it from behind, you call that 10 out of 10 times. So we saw the angle too, where at first we were just looking at the left hand instead of the right, and then we went back to the beginning of the clip where the right hand grabs the jersey from behind. You can't really tell, but you can see a little bit. The NFL Films version, and again, I want a lot of money off this, so I'm standing by it, so I'm not even acting <laughs> like But the NFL Films version, you do see them from behind really grab, and if you're that ref, you throw the flag on that immediately. Even if it was late in the game. It was such a hold. Thank you. What are you watching? Inside the NFL? I'm like, well, no, what, I'm what are you watching NFL Films? I'm scrolling. Okay. NFL Films had posted a clip of it. Okay. I wasn't. I didn't Google search NFL. I do. Films I love NFL like films, Paramount even from back in the '80s. Yeah, they're all. Those are awesome. <laughs> so good. Um, my final thing to say is there's this app called 18 Birdies, and we use it when we golf with each other or just in general. And you it's can, a stalker app, and you too, can right? see when your friends are golfing. And I really noticed. I only follow two people, Eddie and our friend Gator, who runs the local station. But all of a sudden, it lights up. Gator, Gator's <laughs> golfing on this course. Gator, and I'm like, God dang, Gator golfs every day. Yeah. And I'm like, what? How's he golf every day? Mm-hmm. And now, now because I have this app, I start to get irritated at Gator. Like, why, why are you golfing so much? <laughs> I can't believe your wife let you golf this much. I can't believe. So, eight, 18 birdies, this app has 
it's good, but it's also frustrating me. I saw Eddie golfing on it the other day. You need to turn those notifications off. I get a random text on hole two. You golfing today? Who the? And, was like, and I looked around. I'm like, where is this guy? Is he in a tree? Gonna- <laughs> he said, yeah. He was with one of his sons. And I was like, okay, good. Because I, I, like, I was like, if you're playing golf on a whatever Saturday or whatever day it was, and you didn't invite me, I'm about to be pissed. So he said it was a son. I don't even know. Right, where were you? Who Sand knows? Trap? Just, I don't want to catch cheating. <laughs> uh, that's it. Thank you, guys. Mike, anything you want to say? Uh, the only reason I would ever want to win a Super Bowl is to go to that celebration. That looked awesome. Just to be on a float. The parade? Yeah. Drinking. Looks amazing. Thank you, guys. That's it. <laughs> that's all Mike's got. <laughs> that's all I got. We'll one s- day, Mike. We'll see you Monday. All right. Bye, everybody.